we recap the Steve Clifford press conference, the spectacle that was held over at the Spectrum Center, and we take Mitch Kupchak's comments and dissect what he meant about Miles Bridges. It is as good as done that Miles is coming back to the Charlotte Hornets. We talk about all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This uh, this episode is brought to you by Arcade One Up. Locked On Hornets is partnering with Arcade One Up to give away three free NBA Jam Shack machines. That's right. We're giving them away three at a time. These are the guys known for making the incredible retro three-quarter scale at-home arcade games like Pac-Man, Golden Tee, and many more enter to win on arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade1up.com slash locked on for your chance to win one of those machines. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, so you can watch us be foolish on this show. I'm Walker Mail. I've been covering Charlotte sports for a while. Doug Branson is the founder of the podcast. And here we are recapping a Steve Clifford press conference, Doug, that I thought was the most big-time put-on media event that we've had in Spectrum Center. Like, as, as far as, as far as a press conference goes, right? Like, you know, James Borrego, when he was introduced, we had it in the normal media room. He spoke to, I mean, it was very much so the normal process. But this, the welcoming home party for Steve Clifford, you know, it's held in the main lobby. You had your first two rows reserved for media members. You had three, four rows behind that ready for all of the employees that worked at the spectrum center, any, any like employee or member of the actual Charlotte Hornets, right? Whether you're an usher, you know, just a big welcoming, you know, Steve Clifford party. There were cupcakes afterwards. I saw a great question on Twitter asking me what kind of cupcakes they were. They were team colored frosting, vanilla cake looked good. It's <laughs> important, important information you're sharing here. Yes. This is all what took place. A Steve Clifford party. Cli- I, I, yeah. I just, I, I can't wait for I know. Uh, Charlotte. Uh, some of the Charlotte schools independence to throw a Steve Clifford themed prom next year. I mean, people, Steve Martin was there. Hornets legend. Um, Whoa, comedian? Yep. Yep. Steve Martin was there, man. Oh, absolutely. Now there's Steve Martin. No, no, not the comedian. Although that would have been great. It would have been excellent. I should have put that out there and not clarified. But Steve Martin, the legend, was in attendance. I mean, yeah, man. Crazy. And and I guess now, look, I, I wanted to give you guys the most important information on the cupcakes. But now I guess we'll kind of talk about what Steve Clifford had to say it's ultimately going to come down to the LaMelo ball, right? Like that's the thing everybody wants to know. The casual Hornets fan wants to know how this revolves around LaMelo. I think not even the casuals, the hardcores. I think all Hornets fans understand that this is all about LaMelo. And he talked about predicating his offense around what his best players do best. And LaMelo clearly thrived in transition thrives in a high pace offense, which has not been a fast pace offense, which has not been something that Clifford has been known for over his tenure as the head coach with Charlotte or with Orlando. But he did say he didn't want to change it all that much, Doug. Like that was the second question asked by Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer in the press conference because it's pretty damn pressing. And 
here he is saying we don't want to change all that much because of how well the offense performed last year. And then I asked him about the superstar relationships that he's developed in the past and what he can take away. Here's that sound. Uh, here's that sound bite over at the Spectrum Center that I asked him yesterday. Walker Mail from Locked On Hornets. You know, Coach, you've been around superstars before. Dwight Howard, Trace McGrady, the Rockets quite a few times. How do you bring what you've learned with your relationships with those kinds of players, maybe apply it to a LaMelo ball or somebody that is viewed as that here in the city of Charlotte? I mean, you know, share experiences, a thing I've seen. Um, I think it also, when you're around those caliber players, I mean, this past year doing a consulting thing with Brooklyn is as much as, I guess, players have, are different now than before. Being around a guy like Kevin Durant for the year uh, just reinforced to me that the best players do want to be coached and the best players do work hard every day and the best players do care about the team. Um, Kevin was a breath of fresh air. You know, he may be the best player in the world and nobody works harder. Nobody cares more about his teammates. Um, so things like that that, you know, certainly uh, – you know, I can share with the players. So uh, I think all those experiences, they give you perspective on what you can expect from players and they give you uh, whatever stories that you can share that hopefully will help them with clarity of their vision of how they want to work every day. Here's my question, Doug. We've talked about LaMelo, the kind of credibility that he might take away from his head coach when we were going through this process. How much cred, how much validation does whatever the head coach who was who that was going to be, how much do they need in order to get their message through to a player like LaMelo, to Miles Bridges, to really anybody on the roster? Do those stories surrounding Dwight Howard, Tracy McGrady, or that one you just heard about Kevin Durant, where Steve is just in awe being around him last year as in a consultant with Brooklyn, when LaMelo asked Steve some questions or maybe if Steve is just offering it up because he's a coach and that's going to happen he's going to offer up coaching to LaMelo do you think that those relationships that those experiences that Steve has developed before him are going to resonate with one young LaMelo ball I think so I mean I think it's it's credibility he's worked with some of the best players it's it's community you know these players all talk to one another and Lamelo ball i think he's he's due to go to the all-star weekend again he's going to get uh he and he can I'm, I'm sure he made a lot of uh friends over the past all-star weekend and his rise up through uh into the nba so uh, these players all talk to one another I, i'm sure it would be easy for Lamelo to get some intel on what what he's in for with clifford and that's either going to be good or bad for that relationship. But ultimately, it does come down to communication between Clifford and LaMelo Ball. And I think Clifford was good to be to be careful on, you know, he's he's literally just gotten there. And and a few people asked about LaMelo and, and he's still trying to get his feet on the ground. But I, I think ultimately Clifford understands, as he said, that you you tailor the offense, you tailor the team around the best players. And LaMelo is unquestionably uh, one of, if if not the best player on this roster right now. And so I think he's going to act accordingly. The big question, Walker, is pace of play. Uh, it was mentioned in the press release that Mitch Kupchak uh, let out when they decided to hire Steve Clifford. And it's, it's on people's mind. Will Clifford be able to adjust 
to the new pace of play. I was looking at his days in Orlando, and certainly Orlando started in the the bottom, you know, like 24th, 26th in pace. But by the end of his tenure in that last year in Orlando, the team was, you know, 17th in pace. You have to remember, too, that the Hornets were also a very poor paced team. Uh, until yeah. last season when they jumped to fifth in the league, they were at the bottom of the league too. So I think Clifford understands that it's all about personnel. LaMelo allows this team to play like that in transition. And I think, I don't really think he's going to have any problem making sure that this team is, is running fast. Well, and that again, that was the second question asked in the press conference was how do you adapt your offense to LaMelo? And we haven't seen that type of offense from Steve Clifford before, but you are right. He is saying the right things. And I feel like through the NFL and through the NBA, those sports in particular, I think what I want to hear from the coach the most is, are you such a dictator that you want your players to adhere to your coaching, to what you have in mind, or are you going to dictate your coaching to what the players do best? That's like yeah. always the number one thing fans want to hear, whether it be football, whether it be basketball. And so he passes that test. And ultimately that test comes in the introduction press conference for either of those sports. So he, he's saying the right things. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there's some element of this too, Doug, where LaMelo's almost pace proof, if you will. I, right. If you have LaMelo as your point guard, your offense is going to be speedier than without LaMelo. And yep. I, I just don't know. You would have to try pretty hard as a coach to take that away. It, you, especially with LaMelo on the floor. Now, if you go to your backup point guard and your pace dick, uh, it, it goes down a little bit, like fine. But when you have LaMelo out there, it's, it's going to be moving. That ball's going to be moving and guys have to be ready for that basketball or it's going to hit them in the face if they're not paying attention. Well, and so where, where I think, you know, Clifford can look to like, if he wants to improve this offense, I mean, it was always already a pretty good offense. It, it could be even better if, if some of the decision-making when they do get into the half court gets a little better. And I think that's where Clifford can, can install some principles and work on a few things that, that, that can improve that. But I, you know, again, and here's the thing, if he comes in and he completely changes it and slows the team down, well, the team has a team option on his contract. If they don't feel like it's working, then the Hornets have an out. And I think Clifford understands that too. Like there is an out. So if, if he doesn't, you know, uh, perform in the way that they've discussed previously, then, then, then that's, that's an option. So I, I think I've never seen Steve Clifford as, I've never perceived him as someone that was ego first. Uh, I've always perceived him as somebody that was focused on winning, but and also, but also confident that he understood how to win in the NBA as it's presently constructed, not as it was constructed when he was coaching assistant coaching at Houston or New York, or, I mean, I, I think he's somebody that studies the game as it was and as it's transforming, he recognizes that the game has changed. And so we'll, we'll just have to see how it all plays out next season. I, I don't want to promote this because it's promoting something unhealthy. And ultimately, the amount that you sleep doesn't necessarily indicate how much you work. But we can all remember when Steve Clifford went through that health scare. I think, was it his last year or maybe his second to last year here with the Hornets? Right. Where he wasn't getting enough rest. He wasn't getting enough sleep. And some medical official told him, dude you have to call it quits for a while. Like you cannot be at spectrum center 
doing all of this. In fact, you can't even be on the court. You need to take a break and you need to go ahead and hand the keys over to Steven Silas, at least for a brief moment in time, because what you've done is you've run yourself down. I, I don't want to promote that because it, it's, it means, Hey, work as hard as Steve Clifford and put your health in jeopardy by doing so. That's not what it means, but it does go to show just how crazy that dude is about understanding the game and so much so where it, it hurt him like it, it actually not only it it literally hurt him and quite quite literally it hurt his uh hurt his health hopefully that's all figured out but yeah i think it kind of goes to show the kind of guy that steve clifford is i think when you dig yeah when you dig into who steve clifford is as a coach and what his principles are and and his ability to adapt and and th there's obviously some things that you can point out uh, the 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 trouble that he had with malik monk or and people have have spoken about his relationship with Mo Bamba. We need to get some more details on that and see exactly what the story is there. But there are some things to be concerned about, but I think what most people are really concerned about when it comes to Steve Clifford, it has nothing really to do with Steve Clifford or who he is or how he coaches. It's this process, Walker, and we learned a little bit yeah. more about that process in this press conference. Yeah, coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to talk more about that process, but also we have Miles Bridges updates from Jake Fisher and Mitch Kupchak that we heard yesterday. That's next on Locked On Hornets, but not before we talk about Sakara. Looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, choose joy and abundance. Sakara's organic, plant-rich, transformational nutrition programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the results that you want. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plans their nutritionally designed chef crafted breakfast breakfast lunch and dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients helping boost your energy support your digestion curb your sugar cravings and get your skin glowing plus it's also delivered right to your door ready to eat and right now sakara is offering our listeners 20 percent off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 at checkout that's sakara s-a-k-a-r-a.com slash locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your first order sakara.com slash locked on 20 let's talk mitch cup check and miles bridges updates and go a little more into the process coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets now that we have this question <laughs> i got I, I feel like i need to ask this mm -hmm. are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks pumpkin pie folks sweet potato folk pumpkin pie sweet yeah. potato it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast one thing we need to talk about, Doug, is the video that was released on Twitter by our teammate, Nick Carboni, a part of Tegna over at WCNC, where Steve Clifford, as soon as the press conference is done, he leaves. Is it stage left if you're a fan watching the stage or is it stage left as in your left, right? Because it's stage left from the fan's point of view. It's stage right from the actor's point of view. It's from the, it's so stage is from the actor's point of view. So stage gotcha. right would be the right. If, if you were, if you are the actor anyway, what is this you're video? A theater I haven't seen That's this video. What is this so, video? So, so he exits stage right and runs 
Like he does this high. Is this on his? Is this on his Twitter account? This is on Nick Carboni's Twitter account. Are you going to try Add to bring Nick it up Carboni, for the YouTubers? Nick Carboni, Okay, let me look okay. this up. So, 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 just to set people up and also stall while you, you get this video, he exits stage right, as we just recently learned, and kind of does this hybrid jog run, and then shakes the hand of somebody. We can't. Yeah, here it is. If you're on YouTube, <laughs> all right. He just that's a good little. Done. That's a good little trot. I mean, you know. Look at this. That that's the run you do if somebody opens the door up for you a little further away than they should, and then you feel awkward, so you have to run, kind of jog, in order to let their good deed go noticed. All right, we're gonna have a debate here on the show. We're gonna embrace debate because I don't think that's the kind of run you do when somebody holds the door open and you have to awkwardly get there in time. I think that's I think that's the run you do when you know. A little little bathroom break is sneaking up on you. You had to answer a bunch of questions about LaMelo Ball and whatever, and all you can think about. Yeah, you're answering questions about your number one player, and all you can think about is number two. But he goes to shake the hand of somebody. It looks like he is on a pursuit. He saw somebody from the crowd, and no. then before they left, he wanted to go say hello to you them mis- before they left. Yeah, you are misreading this Zapruder film. This is a pooper film. <laughs> no, it's not the this is not, it's not the, the Zapruder film. It's not this, it's the Pooper film. No, this is this him. Is, he sees someone. He's like, all right, I got to shake this guy's hand. I know this guy. Okay, hey, hey, how you going, buddy? Hey, anyway, gotta go. But I, 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 I've been in that situation plenty of times. You gotta go to the bathroom. You're in a public situation. Someone sees you. Hey, Doug, how's it going? Oh, pretty good, man. Anyway, I gotta go. Are you covering your backside with the other hand and then shaking <laughs> the person's hand with your other one? <laughs> Steve Clifford then exits behind the scene though too like he actually goes back to the stage I believe I saw this he goes back to the stage and then goes behind the curtains where yeah he, like he, you know what's he is, behind the curtain <laughs> is it I would hope it's not right there I mean well, that's, not right behind the curtain but they don't you know <laughs> I'm I'm saying that's the awkward tr- uh, trot I don't know yeah, poor Steve man I hope he didn't have stomach problems I will say at the beginning of the press conference he went for water immediately and then started choking and I thought we were going to have one of those awkward situations where it went down the wrong pipe and that he was going to be coughing during Mitch Kupchak's opening statement I was like oh no this is not going to go well the mics weren't off but at least we got it all figured out and it was quite the event over I'll put it I'll put it on the YouTube I'm trying to do a poll a day I don't know if we're going to give it a name you know the Queen City question of the day I don't know if we want to just go like full radio with it but I do want to start putting up a YouTube poll for each show so we can put it on the poll was that the trot that you do when someone is holding the door open for you and you awkwardly have to get there in time mm-hmm. or is it the trot that you do when you got to do the thing that we all do do yeah the problem is people are going to choose poop 10 times out of 10 <laughs> It's funny. Poop we'll is see. always funny. I don't care how old you are. I mean, that's what's going to happen. I can update you on the previous poll. Does everyone like length? Well, the Does comments are great. Length? because th- This is why. Thank you to our listeners who say pause to this. They're like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, is that Does a thing? Like is that length? a, is that a, you're, you're, you're more hip with the kids than I. I saw that too. People. It's quiet, not slang. It's just, pause. You, you don't have to be hip to understand where this is going. This is not, what do those kids mean? What is this abbreviation? I mean, I I sort of assumed what they were getting at there, but. Pause means, wait, hold up. 88% of people who voted says everyone loves length. 12% of people said no. I hope everybody. Miles Bridges updates. Yeah. Miles Bridges updates. Mitch Kupchak. We have the sound clip, I believe to this too, right? 
Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so Will Kunkel sitting right beside me, shout out to Will Kunkel, part of CSL on Queen City News. He asked the question about the Miles Bridges restricted free agency, right? It's going to be taking place tomorrow when we start to get some of these actual decisions coming in. Here's Mitch Kupchak talking about the Michigan State product. Yeah, we love Miles. Okay. And, um, you know, we're, go we're going to bring him back. Um, he's been great for the franchise. And I believe with his work, I think he's only going to get better. I mean, flat out told you that they're going to bring him back. Here's the actual question we should be asking, because I, I think a lot of people, when they heard this comment, were dunking on anybody who thought there's a shot that he could go to a different franchise, that this is the actual story we should take as evidence that there's no way they let him slip from their grip. And that's fine. I will say, do we think Mitch Kupchak meant to say it? I, I, I do think they're going to bring him back. Do we think Mitch Kupchak meant to say it to the media or w did he feel backed in a corner with all of these people in attendance saying, uh, we're going to bring him back? I don't, well, listen, I don't think after, after they fired James Borrego after giving him a playoff mandate and then coming back and saying, well, we might've gotten ahead of ourselves on the playoff mandate. And then hiring a coach, but then that coach doesn't become the coach. I, I would just say that I'm in wait and see mode on everything at this point. I, I, I believe that they want, they absolutely want to bring miles bridges back, but until they do it, I I'm still of the mind that anything can happen at this point. I, I will say, even if he didn't mean to say it, I do think they feel it. I do think it's going to happen. Sure. Well, you can feel I, so. You can feel all kinds of things. It doesn't mean right. you're going to absolutely do them if somebody comes along and offers Miles Bridges the max. Yeah, that's true. I, I still think they would do it, but you're right. Like, that's when it gets dicey. And Jake Fisher, first of all, We've mentioned Jake Fisher so many times on this podcast. And we continue. We have to make him into a segment. We have to, we have to create his own soundbite or something. Like, it, can we create a segment, the fish fry, mm. and and cook up some hot takes with whatever? Going he, fishing. Yep, going fishing. That's good. Like a we real create, sound. We, <laughs> we can create something here. Um, I, I want to do that because it. He's. I got a big enough. one. I got a big one. There you go. All right. I'll, I'll let you determine the size. I'll get, I'll let you the Delire scale. See, I've been fishing before bring out the Delire scale. I think that's right. Let's right, well, measure. You, you far surpass my fishing knowledge. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Let, let, let's, let's try to evaluate the weight of what this report is from Jake Fisher. <laughs> Why that accent? You are from Gastonia. You've seen these people fish before. My fishing days were in Rowan County. Dude, you're not fishing in Lake Norman with that accent, right? Like you're fishing in Lake Hickory. Like you're you're Hickory. going to Catawba County and you're fishing in that body water. Anyways, the Pacers have mulled over uh, over making Miles Bridges an offer. Sources told Bleacher Report, but it's unclear whether Indiana will actually be willing to add such an expensive piece into their rebuild. League executives have long painted Memphis as a sleeper candidate to make a bid for Bridges, where he could join his Spartans teammate Jaron Jackson Jr. However. That rumored Grizzlies interest has been repeatedly shot down by league figures with knowledge of the situation. All of this coming from Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. So Memphis, interesting to hear that that was a rumor, but he kind of dispels any of that in the last sentence of that paragraph. Indiana feels like they are, quote unquote, a real suitor for Miles. What did you make of Indiana specifically with their mention here? Yeah, Memphis is a no-go. Indiana maybe, but then again, 
what are they doing? Are they trying to, you I don't know, know. trying to get better? Maybe they don't know. It's just similar to Charlotte. Like, what are they doing? It just seems there are a couple of teams in the league right now kind of confused. And then going back to Detroit, you know, all of a sudden they trade with the Knicks and get Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks. They just took up $20 million on their cap sheet to bring both of those players in. They they extended the restricted uh, the qualifying offer to Marvin Bagley, who's a restricted free agent. Are they going to match whatever comes back for him? So all of a sudden, Detroit cap space is getting um, uh, shrunk. So, yeah. so you know, the, the, I, I, I'm, I'm less and less yeah. concerned that Miles is going to get a max offer sheet at that's, this point. That, that's right, because we talked about San Antonio. Looks like they might be getting rid of some of their dominant pieces or some of the pieces that they want going forward. The DeJounte Murray trade has Can been discussed. Pirtle? Can they pull Pirtle away? Can Charlotte <laughs> pull Pirtle away from San Antonio? It seems like it's there for the taking. Yeah, it feels like that possibly could happen. But Miles Bridges, we were never too scared about San Antonio. I, I didn't think it was going to happen with Detroit. I did think that they were a legitimate problem as far as putting the price tag up for Miles. But they did just make this trade. It does seem now that they're using their salary cap space as a dumping ground while also bringing on assets, which is a smart move. Troy Weaver doing a good job, I think, going by that philosophy. And you've had a nice young core in place now with Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, of course, Cade Cunningham being the number one overall pick. So seems like those two teams are going away. It, I, I do know the history of the Indiana Pacers a lot more than maybe the common Charlotte Hornets fan, because my family is all from Indiana. You know, my, my, the, the introduction to basketball was the two, uh, the 2000 finals for me. And one thing I do know about Herb Simon, the owner of Indiana is that dude has avoided tanking at all cost. So it would make sense that this Indiana Pacers team would rather stay afloat, not tank whatsoever, and still get some talent in if they're trading for, or if they're trading away in Malcolm Brogdon. You know, the, the thing is, Indiana, they've done some really nice things over the years to stay afloat, right? Like they've, just because they refuse to tank because they don't want to sacrifice any money, They've still made some really good decisions. I think the Sabonis trade was an excellent decision from them getting back Tyrese Halliburton. That was fantastic. You know, if they can get the right value in return for Miles Turner, they just might do that. Malcolm Brogdon, same thing. But when we're asking what are they doing, where the Spurs were saying they just might be trying to get rid of their talent and rebuild from the ground up, I, I Indiana has not given us evidence whatsoever that they want to build from the ground up, which ultimately leads me to believe that they actually are a real suitor for miles, or at least they have that potential. Maybe they don't make that offer, but they fit the profile that would go after a miles bridges based on what they've done in the past. Well, and it goes back to what uh, the Mitch Kupchak said, we're going to bring him back. Um, if if mm -hmm. you wanted to make a signal to a Detroit or, or an Indiana that no matter what you do, we're going to bring this player back. That could discourage those teams from even putting in a max offer. Why? Because as we as we found out when Charlotte uh, made their offer to Gordon Hayward, Utah took ran out completely ran out the clock on the amount of time that they had to match Charlotte's offer for Gordon Hayward the first time. You know mm -hmm. they they went through this process with Gordon Hayward. Okay, and that prevented Charlotte 
from then go, you know, maybe missing out or prevented them from getting back into the free agency pool to make other moves. So if Detroit has a game plan, if Indiana has a game plan to get better, that involves not only acquiring miles, but maybe also doing a few other things, then they, you know, maybe Mitch is trying to scare them off by saying, don't even bother to put in this offer because we're going to match. And not only are we going to match, we're going to take as much time as possible, keeping you off the market. Yeah. Um, the other thing from Jake Fisher about Miles Bridges was also this, though, quote, Charlotte also signaled it will match any offer for Bridges. So any interested suitor would be incentivized to throw the 24 year old forward his one hundred and seventy three dollar max. Right. So kind of going against what you were discussing, saying you might be incentivized. million dollars. Yeah. So when you're talking about the Hornets saying we're going to match anything, say, OK, are you going to match this max contract? We're right. going to hurt your payroll that much more. Right. And so if an offer sheet never comes, Charlotte will be in a pretty position to bring Bridges back under $30 million annually. And so maybe it all works out for Charlotte and Miles just says, all right, I couldn't get my max. I do want to stay here in Charlotte. Still going to get a lot of money. This is what we settle on. Boom. We got Miles locked in for the near future and we'll see what happens as the years go along. So we'll see. Um, yeah, that Pistons trade though, that, that was pretty interesting yesterday. It does you look like they are using their salary cap space as a dumping ground. All right, all right go ahead. Before, Cause we're going to talk about book night, this news that we got, but really quickly, what, what were your thoughts on the process, the questions about the process for Steve Clifford? You oh know, yeah. We, it we, happened. We very, you know, yes. even they confirmed that it yeah. was a quick, it was a quick process <laughs> to say the least. Well, it was, it was kind of weird. I think Mitch Kupchak did an excellent job of dodging the question by going into this elaborate apartment story, which then became the He's story not fooling me, buddy. over the process. I know, I know, but it's like, that's what took place. And then we started asking about everything. You know, so, so Mitch Kupchak, for those that didn't watch it, yeah, they're asked about the process, right? How in the, how in the world is Steve Clifford, the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets again, after you fired him, after Mitch Kupchak was the guy that was announced the general manager, and he's the one that fired him, said, well, weirdly enough, you know, all those years ago, me and Steve actually went to dinner. I think it was a couple of nights after they had come to the decision to fire Steve Clifford, and Steve gave his apartment to Mitch Kupchak. And so that's where Kupchak has been living over the last four years. And then he went into this joke about part of the negotiations coming back to Charlotte was that he couldn't. Uh, asked for his apartment back that I was going to keep it. So everybody's starting to laugh. Ha ha. Like it, and it's funny story. Like I, you know, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I'm going to challenge you on uh, that. I don't think it's it's a funny story. I think it's a bunch of old guys talking about Charlotte real estate. It's not, it wasn't funny. People were laughing because you don't want to not laugh at Mitch Kupchak's story. It's funny in the sense that it's unusual. I got it. It's unusual. And then, Scott Fowler asked about the apartment a little bit more so at the end. Give it but a really, rest. Who cares about the right. apartment? Just I tell us you. why you hired Steve Clifford. I will. The the, the information that we got. You know, you're the angry fan. We just, <laughs> I'm just tired the of talking fan. about Charlotte real estate. Who uh, gives a darn? So when we actually got to the information, <laughs> Mitch Kupchak indicated that. Steve Clifford's name was mentioned early in the process. Okay. He said that it might have been his fault. Don't buy it. He said that it was his fault that maybe Steve Clifford wasn't a real candidate. Like he was kind of alluding to that as he was discussing how this process played out. But Michael Jordan might have mentioned his name. 
and they just decided to go in a different direction. He did say that one quality they were looking for as time unfolded was they wanted their guy to have had head coaching experience. That was evident with Kenny Atkinson, certainly Mike D'Antoni, Terry Stotts, right, when we had his name in there for a little bit. Then Steve Clifford certainly fits that category. And in the end, when Kenny Atkinson backs out, well, we're just going to pivot back to Steve Clifford and he's going to be the head coach. And we're going to have a couple of team option years for the, for the first two on that contract. That's how they said the process played out. I, I don't like, even if his name was mentioned, it couldn't have been so serious where they really considered hiring him early on until the pool started to dry up. That's my take on it. Yeah, if you listen, if you believe that Steve Clifford's name was mentioned early in this process in a serious way, uh, then I have an apartment that Mitch Kupchak will sell you in Uptown Charlotte. Or not. No, he's keeping it. He's not selling you that apartment. Uh, so, yeah, no, I don't think. I think it was obvious that they had a former relationship, um, th that uh, MJ and Clifford and Kupchak and Clifford had a relationship. Mm -hmm. It was a comfortable name. It was somebody that they could rebound, save face with, sell to people. Hey, this guy had some success previously can have some success we have a better roster that was you know that was something that clifford said obviously this roster that that they have now just in terms of talent youth future prospects potential is better than the, even the one that they took to the playoffs it's just about realizing that potential internally improving but yeah uh this process was messy um and, and you know look <laughs> Kupchak didn't want to admit that he didn't want to admit that in the press conference. He, you know, he, you know, he was sort of uh, deflecting a little bit of the, uh, the fact that the Kenny, the Kenny Atkinson thing was anything less than embarrassing. Um, but it was, and, and I don't know, it was, you know, but, we lot, talked I think about it then, people... but hold on one second though. We, we did talk about it then that this was Kenny Atkinson's fault for the most part until the assistant coaches thing came out. And that was what gave us maybe some, criticism of the charlotte hornets but Listen, how if much... your team you get the deal done you get the deal done oh, that's no, all i'm going... saying yeah look okay. I, I think you're going you know, kenny jock. atkinson handled it in an unprofessional way but if you're a team and you hire somebody you get the deal done but doug this is a change in heart from you we can go back last week and talk about what you said it's not embarrassing for the hornets now it is well, well, when, what's... when we're talking about it, we'll see. We'll see how much of the staff they retain, and if it really was about, okay, you know, if the hangup was about a couple of million dollars here and there for some assistant coaches, then yeah, absolutely, it's embarrassing for this organization. I see that. So that that's the part, right? Like he was saying, look, we had a blip on the radar where Kenny Atkinson backs out and stays with Hell Golden State. I mean, but yeah, I'm I'm just. It, I thought this was something we agreed on last week, and so I, I don't like the assistant coaches thing. The Hornets deserve criticism for not wanting to pay league average for that. Like that's a real problem, but the whole, like my family wanted to stay in golden state. I, I don't buy that. I'm skeptical. Uh, yeah. I'm skept skeptical. Skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did I, I feel like I messed that word up. Skept skeptical. No, that's right. That, skeptical. No, that's it. That's it. I didn't know what you were messing. Oh, up. I yeah. said skeptical. Um, skept yeah, I'm no, skeptical. There's, there's I am. I've got my there. conspiracy hat on. Okay. I just don't All buy right. it. I don't buy the family stuff. Um, I, I from don't Kenny, buy that Clifford wait, was from, part of this process early on. Okay, from Kenny's point of view, you don't buy it, right? All right, I don't, I don't know where we are. Coming up next <laughs> on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Uh, we already talked about the Miles Bridges updates. We're gonna, uh, you know, continue to keep you updated on that as the week goes on. But James Booknight, 
some bad news surrounding the second year player out of UConn. We'll get to that in the next segment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts. We'll update you on James Booknight coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says on contracts made before June where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades named or numbered <laughs> B shares Batik of New York N dot B dot A dot. So take that for what you will. It's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We talked about James Booknight and how that hire of Steve Clifford might affect him next year. Didn't think it was necessarily going to be good for James Booknight. Well, this news certainly isn't going to be good either. We just got news of this, I believe, last night or maybe after, uh, in the afternoon after the press conference. The Hornets released in a statement that guard James Booknight underwent successful surgery yesterday. So I think that would have been two days ago to repair a tendon in his fifth digit on his right hand. Fifth digit on his right hand. That's the pinky, right? Well, I mean, it, I guess it kind of has to be, because if it was a thumb, the thumb, they would have just said thumb, right? I think so. Did they feel weird putting, did they feel weird putting pinky in an official statement? Or is it the thumb? And how does yeah, that they like, oh, we can't put pinky. This is the National Basketball Association. <laughs> this is a press release. We cannot put mm-hmm. the word pinky in a press release. All right, I'm looking it up here. So okay. here's the definition of fifth digit by okay. the free dictionary. So you know you can trust it. Exactly. Little finger, <laughs> the finger farthest from the thumb, the pinky, the there pinky. Nailed it. One with an IE, one with a Y. That's kind of a visual thing. <sighs> Musculus abductor digiti minimi menace. The abductor muscle of the little finger. Minimus, the fifth digit. The little finger or little toe. You got to, if that process, hey, how do we type this up? You you have to just copy and paste what the trainer or medical official doctor is saying there. It's like, hey, no, we're just going to copy and paste it. It might be a little weird. Fifth digit. Is it the thumb? Is it the pinky? Is there a Y? Is there an IE? We're just going to copy and paste this so people understand it's the fifth digit and we're not lying. I feel like they should have said that he had successful surgery on his musculus abductor digiti minimi manus. I would have understood it a lot better had they just put that out there. (laughs) It's locked on Hornets finishing up. Yeah, not good news, though, for James Booknight. Going to miss Summer League. This is somebody that feels it feels like he needs Summer League, right? Uh, At least. Yeah, not great. We experienced this. I think we've experienced this with multiple like first or second year players well, you I know think, who this feels like you know what this feels like yes i do and i would agree with this i would agree with this 100 this feels like the situation that we all mm-hmm. experience with malik monk it does feel like that where because- things just sort of found him <laughs> yeah. and and things uh, uh some some outside of his control some inside his control prevented fair. him 
from developing in in the way that I feel like a lot of us felt like he should have developed. So so James Booknight, last year's summer league. The lasting memory of that is kind of his matchup against Davion Mitchell, where Getting Mitchell locked up. ate him up. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it it went better after that. Like the actual story is he had the one bad game against Davion, but then performed better in summer league after that. I was happy. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was, that was sort of the headline, but I was happy right. with book night out, out of summer league. No, now Malik Monk, the, the bad things that would continue to happen to him throughout like his first, you know, three, four years with the Hornets, he had COVID right at that time where he was gearing up for the regular season. So it hits him in preseason. I think he only plays a couple of games. I thought he played well. And then two preseason games were taken away from him. He talked about needing to catch his breath out of the rotation at the beginning of the season. That was a weird dynamic between James Brago and Malik Monk. We also had the injuries that kept him out of summer league, I believe maybe one year or so. And then there was the time where he didn't play. I think he chose not to play. Um, PJ Washington. Remember he didn't play because he was injured coming out of the draft. I think that's true. I think I have that right as well. It's always weird to, to, you know, figure out exactly what took place at these times, but I don't think PJ played because of that injury that he suffered and they were just, making sure that he wasn't going to get further injured his rookie year coming into the league. Now here's James book Knight, second year going to be out of summer league. Well, it's particularly unfortunate, frustrating because you've got a new coach. You got Steve Clifford, who's certainly going to have his eyes on Vegas and it, you know, we'll certainly he'll, he'll watch some I'm sure. He'll watch book Knight film from the limited time that he got in the, in the NBA and also his G league stuff. So it's not like he has nothing to go on, but it, but it certainly would have been nice for Clifford to see the improvements that book Knight uh, has been working on in the off season now does not get an opportunity. We don't know how, I don't, I don't think I've seen any indication as to how he broke this finger. Uh, and, and this, this press release was uh savvily. I don't know if that's a word, uh, but savvily, released after the press conference with uh with Cupcheck so we didn't get an opportunity to really even ask about this uh certainly well we will um but but does that would it make you feel better Walker would it make you feel better if you knew that he broke his musculus abductor digiti minimi manus mm-hmm. uh hooping it up playing a little not even not even playing a pickup game but I'm saying like training you know getting ready for the season I mean, no, I, I don't necessarily care about that stuff because injuries happen all over the place. It's not like injuries only happen to athletes when they're doing something in the lawn, you know, like, or they're playing whatever. Like, I don't no, I don't care. People are allowed to live their lives outside of basketball. If he broke whatever you just said, doing something outside of basketball, it doesn't mean that he's not working on his game hard enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't care if something happened to his pinky, well, that's, not that's not what basketball. I was saying. That's not what I was indicating because I You're think saying, there's would I feel a, better if it was a basketball related injury, right? Well, because, well, I think there is, uh, there is an element of like, we've had guys before play random pickup games and get hurt in the off season. It's like, what do you look? You're an important part of this organization. Like if you, if you do it within the confines of getting better for the season in some kind of, uh, protected way great but if you're out there just playing hoops and anything can happen you know that's that seems reckless but but people play in the drew league people play pickup all the time i mean you, you can't yeah. keep hoopers from hooping right that's what they do <laughs> yeah. yeah can't keep a hooper from hooping it's book night baby <laughs> <laughs> Got to stay on the courts where he lives. Well, you can actually. The doctor has, with a successful surgery, kept 
the hooper from hooping, at least in summer league. It's tough. It's, it's, it's honestly tough. Uh, but, it, but on the plus side for book night, or if you're a fan of book night and the Charlotte Hornets, if that's where the Venn diagram meets, um, then this is at least you can take some comfort in knowing that he, he most likely will not be included in any kind of trade discussions. At the end of the season. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. That, that's a good point. All right. We have NBA free agency coming up this week. We also have a couple of the moves. So short, just to be official, the whole Antonio Daniels up coming up. That's right. So Hornets picked up the qualifying offer for Miles Bridges and Cody Martin, just just to um, let people know about that. We do have Antonio Daniels coming up. Doug had a chance to speak with the former NBA player, the former fourth overall pick, which I completely forgot about out of Bowling Green, AD player that I think would have been pretty good in today's day and age. But you had a chance to talk with him about Antonio agency. Yep. I think that's I hope that's what you called him. I haven't listened to it yet. He would. I, you know, I only had 10 minutes. So this is the thing with. Locked on NBA comes on a few of these shows because he's a host. He hosts a show every day. I've got to hear give and go on Sirius XM NBA from one to 4 PM Eastern time. Uh, so, so he's, he's always paying attention to these kinds of things. So he gave us some great insight as a former player on uh, miles bridges and LaMelo ball and Steve Clifford, that relationship. Cool. So uh, yep. check that out. I think we're going to release that. I think it's already on the YouTube page. So if you want to go check it out, head over to YouTube, uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Um, but uh, we're going to put it on the actual podcast feed tomorrow, Thursday, the deadline day. If you refuse to watch it, and you only listen to the podcast, you'll be getting it tomorrow, along with a couple of Richard Stamen segments uh, where he recaps the NBA draft. Well, I think maybe put one in there tomorrow, depending on yeah, we'll more Hornets breaking news. Bryce and McGowan, then, we finally figured yeah. out a little bit about him. That's right. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, a new addition we haven't been able to talk about because so many other things have been happening in Charlotte Hornets land. Needless to say, we're going to keep you updated on everything surrounding Charlotte Hornets land. We appreciate you hopping on with us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, making us your first listen every day for your second listen. Get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes with Lockdown NBA. Lockdown NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Lots to come this week, including tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>